You may not get it perfect, but if you do your due diligence and you work with others and you're listening to others, you can have a profound impact on society and kind of work towards Shalom. Welcome to the Jesus Storybook Bible Podcast, a place where we remind you that grace can rewrite any story, that hope shines a light through our darkest moments, and that God's love changes lives. Here's your host, New York Times bestselling author, Sally Lloyd-Jones. Hello, I'm Sally Lloyd-Jones, author of the Jesus Storybook Bible, which tells the story of God's wonderful, never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. Welcome to the show. There's this place in the Bible in Micah 6, where God is reminding his people of all that he's done for them. He's brought them out of slavery in Egypt. He's brought them through the Red Sea. He's brought them to the promised land. He's rescued them. In response, Micah asks God, what sort of sacrifice would be acceptable to God in order to thank him? Would it be burnt offerings, thousands of rams, rivers of oil? And God tells him this, quote, God has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God, end quote. To act justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly with your God. This is from Tim Keller, quote, if a person has grasped grace, grace being another word for unmerited kindness, they do justice. If they don't do justice, they say they are grateful for God's grace, but in their heart, they are far from him. Not caring for the poor reveals that at best, one doesn't understand grace, and at worst, you may not have encountered God's saving mercy." End quote. Brian Stevenson said this, quote, I believe that each person is more than the worst thing they've ever done. End quote. And this, quote, I'm not persuaded that the opposite of poverty is wealth. I've come to believe that the opposite of poverty is justice." End quote. Political strategist and ordained minister Justin Gibney believes there is a way to do politics differently, to build up, not tear down. He encourages us to make a difference right where we are, with fortitude, with grace, without fear, to realize together we're stronger. We may not always get it right. We may not do it perfectly. But as he so eloquently reminds us, it doesn't all come down to us. It comes down to God and his work in us and through us. God himself provides the strength we need to do the work he calls us to. Not out of fear or of trying to earn our salvation, but out of gratitude to the God who has shown us the ultimate mercy and immeasurable kindness in rescuing us. It's such a powerful message of unity and hope. I can't wait for you to hear from Justin. So without further ado, please welcome my friend and now yours, Justin Gibney. In recent years, there's been a lot of tension in the political space. 
you have Christians on the left, you have Christians on the right, and there's not a lot of direct communication. We kind of communicate through intermediaries who may not have our best interest in mind, or at least not the interest of us coming together. It takes some courage uh, and it takes some fortitude to do politics differently, to say, yeah, I may be a Republican. Yeah, I may be a Democrat, but I'm a Christian first and I'm committed to doing politics the right way. It is very easy for Christians once they get into politics to kind of just go along with this very toxic environment. Number one, there's incentives to do so. If you really want to be known as an influencer within your kind of ideological tribe, there are certain very toxic things you're going to say and do. The first thing you're going to do is always be on the attack, you know, against the other side. Um, and while there, there are times where we need to debate, we need to be spirited and passionate about what we do. The Christian life and our, us communicating, us even evangelizing isn't all about kind of being is certainly not about us being abrasive. It's about reaching out, building relationships and really representing who we are. And so I think there's a lot of incentive in the political space to jump into the very toxic environment and just become and just go along with what everybody else is doing, because in some ways that's the road that's the easiest to go down. My faith played a huge role in where I ended up. Um, I think, number one, when I was an attorney and doing some political strategy, running political campaigns, one of the things that I noticed was that a lot of people in that arena felt like they had to leave aside, you know, a break with some of their Christian convictions or in order to run for office or to be ser seriously politically engaged. And that just didn't sit right with me at the time. I was getting deeper into my faith and I didn't want to be in politics in the same way that I saw a lot of people were. Uh, I wanted to take all my Christian convictions with me while having, you know, kind of a civic pluralism and respecting others' beliefs. The Anne Campaign is a Christian civic organization. Uh, and we're trying to do a few things. A lot of what we do is education. So we're trying to uh, raise civic literacy among Christians. We want Christians to understand the political process better and to engage more effectively. Um, and so that that means, you know, it, it, sometimes it's civics 101, sometimes it's a little bit deeper, but we want Christians to understand the importance of voting and what it means to be a citizen. Something else we're trying to do is bring Christians from different political points of view together. So the reason that we ha had to start all this stuff in the first place is because we didn't see a whole lot of organization within Christianity that was nonpartisan, right? And that was just saying, hey, even if we're on different sides of the aisle, we have more, we should have more in common uh, than anybody else in, you know, in the public square. We have the same great commandment. We have the same great commission. Why is it that Christians are so separated when it comes to politics? And so really we can be about justice and moral order. Uh, and so I think when we look at it that way, we're able to challenge both sides of the aisle and be faithful and know that what we're doing is not supposed to be a conservative framework necessarily, a progressive framework, but a biblical framework. Uh, and that's what really can heal uh, the land. The definition of justice is very important because the Bible provides us with a definition of justice. Redemptive justice is justice that leads us to something that's more moral, right? So when we're fighting against racial discrimination or we're fighting for the poor, 
this is something that leaves everybody better off. When we talk about redemptive justice and seeing it work in my life, I think just like a lot of other African-Americans, I've seen people in my community uh, be mistreated by the justice system. And so it's so important for me. And I've seen family suffer because of it. I've seen family members suffer because of it. And so it's so important for me that we really apply biblical principles when we look at our criminal justice system, like proportionality and things of that nature, because it really affects people's lives. If we are pro-family, if we care about families, we should care how long we're taking fathers out of the household. You know, are we making sure that the punishment fits the crime. And unfortunately, in the history of this country, we haven't always done that. Uh, But I am encouraged by the amount of Christians who are committed to making sure that we get better at that. And and that's something that we always have to be vigilant about. We should never feel like we get it perfectly, but we should always be striving to make sure uh, that as we engage society, we're making sure that everyone, not just Christians, is treated fairly. When it comes to how we engage in how we engage civics, how we engage the public square, there is a lot of pressure to kind of be perfect, to say everything perfectly, to have the perfect timing and all that stuff. And while we do want to be informed, while we do need to take the time that we understand where the conversation is, we understand the terms that are being used, rarely are we going to get that perfect. And so we shouldn't say, you know what, I'm just not going to engage because I don't know the perfect word to use or I don't know the perfect timing. No, do what you can, do your due diligence, do what you can do to be prepared and then work within community, work with others to engage in a tenacious but also gracious way. Uh, I think that's the Christian way, especially when you're talking about injustice and trying to change systems that are hurting people. You may not get it perfect. But if you do your due diligence and you work with others and you're listening to others, you can have a profound impact on society and kind of work towards shalom. This is a passage from the Jesus Storybook Bible. It had taken centuries for God's people to be ready, but now the time had almost come for the best part of God's plan. God himself was going to come, not to punish his people, but to rescue them. God was getting ready to wipe away every tear from every eye, and the true party was just about to begin. The way that that passage resonates with me is it reminds me that it's actually God that's rescuing us. That even as I do work to um, move forward with justice and advocate for justice, I'm not saving anybody. It's God who's saving and rescuing us. And this is all under his plan. So I can strategize, I can do my due diligence, I can work hard, but it's God's plan and I'm insufficient and he will take care of it. And so I do this in service to him, not necessarily because I'm the one who's going to rescue somebody. He has a plan and we know the best part of his plan is when he comes back to rescue us. You can get the Jesus Storybook Bible wherever books are sold. To find out more about the book and all of Sally's other books, please visit Sally at sallylloyd-jones.com and follow her on Instagram at sallylloydjones and at jesus underscore storybook underscore bible. Before we go, don't forget, God loves you with a never-stopping, 
never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever, love. Oh, hello, it's me again, Sally. I'm just popping back briefly to say two things. The first thing is, don't forget to subscribe to the show because that way you'll get the stories straight to your phone. And the other thing is, while we're at it, would you rate the show and leave us a review? That would be so great because it helps other people find the show too. I really appreciate your help. Thank you.